This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Hey guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Let's Be Real podcast. I'm Sammy J. Today I got to chat with Ben Barnes. He's an incredible actor. You may have seen him in Westworld, Shadow and Bone, Chronicles of Narnia, and much more. Ben actually just came out with an EP called Songs for You, and I genuinely love this EP. It brings me happiness when I listen to it. It is so soulful. Ben, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I really enjoy this conversation, and I know all of you will too. I hope you guys enjoy. Ben, welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited we figured this out. <laughs> thank you for having me, Sammy. I have to say, your EP, Songs for You, I'm obsessed. Are you? And I'm not just saying that, because here's the thing. That feels nice to hear. 
when a lot of people go into music, they generally do the basic pop standard. Nothing really original with it, but I got some Michael Bublé vibes. I got a little bit of Queen in there, and it's just it feeds my soul. That is the best review I will ever get. It feeds my soul. That's what I was going for. Well, um, you nailed it. That's what music does for me, though. I right? think growing up, particularly like Queen, is like the sound of me being ten and twelve and fifteen and forty. Um, but also like all those like those like Ray Charles and Etta James, all that all that kind Oof. of mood music is like everything that I aspire to to be and feel and uh I love all that rat pack stuff as well Christmas music all that all of that stuff that's like nourishes your soul like you say and so it, it, I was just trying to I didn't quite know what my music would exactly sound like I didn't have an exact thing in my head but I knew I wanted to like sprinkle a little bit of all of their um gold dust into my cauldron and see what was spat out the other side yeah, well, like, let's get into that. You almost put out music like 20 years ago, and now you're coming back around to it. Why didn't you then, and what makes you go back to it now? Um, so I think it, it's a few things. When I was 19, I signed to a music manager, and I was singing some jazz stuff, and it didn't kind of pan out the way that I hoped it would. It was the very first year that any of those like pop idol, American Idol shows yeah. came out, and that just took over, and that was the only music thing anyone was interested in. And my dreams kind of slipped through my fingers like sand. And and I kind of got a bit disillusioned with it and thought, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. But I wasn't really writing my own stuff. I was doing impressions of Sinatra yeah. or Nat King Cole or, or, or Stevie Wonder. Or, or, mm. or I would do tribute concerts and, and soul nights and all those things when I was in high school and stuff. But it was never like me, 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 me. And I didn't know like what. I wanted to sound like or what I really wanted to say and and I think after being kind of disillusioned like that the thought of writing my own songs and putting them out just I, I got a little bit um I think I was just a little bit fearful of what the judgment of that would be yeah not having complete confidence myself what that would sound like and if I did know what it sound like sounded like what what would I want to say yeah. And uh, I think it just takes some of us sometimes a little bit longer to to make good on our deals with ourselves. That think the promises we make ourselves that we'll prioritize this or do this in our lives. Um, and I think during the pandemic, I spent a lot of time talking in my head to like the eighty year old version of myself, saying, yeah. like, "Who didn't? Uh, who didn't? Like who that's did what it? a pandemic is for." Totally, we all had these crises of identity. But I was speaking to. Uh, grandpappy Barnes saying yeah. like what do I what do I uh you know you're, you're gonna regret not doing this in your life there's no thing there's nothing to be afraid of like there's nothing that like anyone who would judge it negatively I'm not particularly interested in those people in life and uh and it might put a smile on someone's face and honestly two days after I put out my first song there was this there was this video this I think it was a TikTok of this girl dancing in her kitchen smiling spinning around listening to my song and I was like this video alone is worth making the album for this is like I'm so happy to watch this right now and then people were doing like pole dancing and like ice skating routines to it and like it's like talk about feed your soul like yeah that, that did it for me it's like you miss all the shots you don't take and I think 
putting yourself out there can be really scary and vulnerable, especially as an actor. When people see you, you're different characters. You haven't put yourself out there. And putting out your music is putting yourself out there without any mask. What has that been like stepping into yourself in this new time of your life? Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's, a, that's very astute. And that's exactly, you know, I, I feel like I've been nudging myself towards this for the 20 years of my career where I, I look at a character and I try and syringe pieces of myself into it. And I yeah. try and make make those characters, even if they're like psycho killers or like, <laughs> you know, as far from me as you could possibly get, I try to find a little piece of myself that I can just butter that toast with just to just to make it feel honest and grounded and truthful. Um, but uh, but I think it just it just became time for me to offer something into the world that was more innately and purely and authentically just from me um, yeah. and about me and uh, and that's what this and that's what this uh, songs for you EP became and that's what's so beautiful I feel like everyone came to their own realization during the pandemic whether that was finding a new passion or coming across a passion that they forgot they had. Was there a specific moment where you're like, okay, I have to do music? Or was it like a continuing thing where you just kind of happened? I think it, it's always been a continuing thing. Like I've always had like notebooks that I've written, like little phrases people say or little things that rhyme in my head or something I've read somewhere. And I'll often like type that in my phone or, and then put it in a notebook. Um, and, um, you know, I, I spend hours sitting at my little at my piano there and kind of not that I really know anything about music, but I'll just move my fingers around till it sounds scrunchy to me. And it sounds like a feeling that I've had. So it was a little bit painstaking from that perspective. But um, yeah, it was, it, as I say, it's, it's it always been something that I wanted to do, but it, the pandemic really, really sped up and rushed through that feeling of if, if not now, when, like yeah. you don't want to regret not, don't want to regret not doing this. And so it just became very clear to me. And that was very freeing that, that really like I'm released sure. me. Like when you put out music, it's called a release and it feels like I'm, I dropped something. I've, I've let go of, of this like expectation of myself to do this. And no, and the, this, the really beautiful thing is no one can ever take it away from me. Like I am forever now a songwriter and a singer and a musician. Yeah, you, know? you have that title now. And I think one yeah. of the great things about just like, I know that feeling like for me, that's releasing the podcast when we yeah, were planning totally. a season and it's releasing it. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. It's out in the world. People can interpret it in any way that you want, but you did your job and that's all yeah. you can do. And if you're you, happy with you, it, that's what matters. You made this and no one can unmake it. Exactly. Exactly. Where did your passion for music start? My passion for music. I think my dad probably, he was playing, he would play like all these 70s rock bands like the Stones and the Beatles and the Who Classics. and the Eagles and Queen and just all these brilliant bands would, you know, when he was at home, he would be he would be blasting those um and so I think that's probably where it started and then I would like root around in the back of his vinyls and find the and find the Ray Charles and I'd find the the you know the the Rat Pack stuff and like all of that stuff that he had but didn't play as often um and then when I was just when I was in school I would play the drums in like uh big bands um my first ever job when I was 15 um I played the drums in a West End London production of Bugsy Malone that's awesome. Um, and I've never, honestly, I've done a lot of things in my life that other people might think were exciting, uh, but I've never felt cooler than when I would like 
in the middle of a class uh, on like a Wednesday because we'd have a matinee at like 11 o'clock in the morning. I would stand up and be like, sorry, uh, I've got to go. Uh, oh. I've got a job being a drummer in the in 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 the West End of I London. I gotta go be a musician right now. Uh, Sorry, in the middle of a class to stand up and grab your drumsticks and be like, "Peace out." I have never felt cooler than that. Especially Still in, in my high life. school too. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I wasn't cool and I didn't feel seen and I didn't feel like like I felt totally invisible. I think when I was at, at school, and so so I think like just to have that moment of saying this is something that I do that you don't know about felt really good. <laughs> I totally agree. High school was not it for me. I am very glad no, me neither. to be out of it. If you're in high school and you're listening, no, it is temporary. It gets better. It gets so much better. And I heard people say that to me, but I didn't believe it. But I wish I did because... I still don't understand those people who say, oh yeah, school was the best best days of my life. And look, I can understand maybe if you were like the the high school quarterback and like you were the king of everything. Yeah. I who can wants understand. to peak in high school, though? Like, who wants to peak in high school? Well, I don't, but I can understand those people saying that was their, 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 their you know, they remember it really fondly or whatever. But, but no, you're right. Uh, no, I, I'm playing the long game here. I, I will say that High School Musical did me dirty because I thought going into high school, I would be like all these cute boys. And then, no, it's like all these prepubescent eighth graders, like all joining high school. It's not <laughs> what you think. But that's because when, when you watch films, when you're, 15 that those those actors are 25 I, okay why don't people cast like the actual age I don't know but I looked so young when I was 17 I looked about 14 and so I could never have played the age and then when I was 25 I got cast in this pilot um on the CW called Split Decision which never made it to air but it was kind of like that movie Sliding Doors like it saw Ooh. Um, it saw like a girl's first day of high school two different ways. And like, depending on whether she sat with the cool kids or like the nerds, like it would see how her life went. And I was the, I was the, the jock, the quarterback. My name was Chris Kincaid. And um, I had like a, like a letters jacket, but I was like 22 or something, L23, something like that. I can't quite remember, but um, I was definitely thinking, ah, now I'm cool enough to be 17. Yeah, it's... You know? You've said it so perfectly. That's the thing about movies and TV shows. It just gives you a false sense of what life is like in some ways. Which, totally. But, you know, I will say, something that I think is super interesting is you've played a lot of villains. Um, you don't seem More like recently, a very... Yeah. yeah. You don't seem like a very villainous person. You seem very nice. Dun, dun, die. You do look scary um. there. <laughs> But the thing is, I think what's so interesting is in your more recent projects, it's often in a very dystopian world. You know, it's in a different universe and it's an escape and music does the same thing. So I'm curious what draws you to kind of that escapism to put your worries away, whether that's in acting or in music. So so I think there's two things. One, one is that I do love that escapist stuff and I'm just a big fan of like fantasy stuff and it's yeah. just storytelling. I love to escape into series and stuff. I am an unabashed like binger of TV and movies. Oh my God. What's your best binge? Oh, I mean, ev everything. Test me. I will. I, I mean, like I just finished Squid Game. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Well, then I win because okay. they've been the first, the but first one we've mentioned. Can I tell you why <laughs> I think I win this one? Okay. Because I watched Breaking Bad in nine days. <gasps> oh, I see what you mean by your best binge. Mm -hmm. um, 
six seasons over 45 minutes it was my big it was like the beginning of the pandemic i was like i'm gonna do it that is that is that is actually that is actually incredible <laughs> um thank you thank I, you very uh, much yeah I'm, I'm i'm impressed i'm trying to think what my best binges are i'm sure i did some seasons of um what have I done really quickly? I'm sure I, back in the day, I did some seasons of 24 or something like that nice. very fast. I'm sure. I'm sure I probably tried to do it in 24 hours and failed epically. But um, uh, yeah, I've definitely had a few of those. But I think, uh, so I love all the escapism, but the main draw, I think, of those things and the reason that I've sort of been, um, I think anyway, uh, kind of found myself this little niche of like villains, but not really villains yeah um like humans it, you, you humans. shows all the yeah you've answered my god damn you <laughs> damn you sammy J. you uh you've answered my my answer before i've done it but yeah i like my my quest in life whether it's songwriting or just like the way i have friendships or the way i connect with people uh is is always about like trying to see all the sides of it and you know just empathy and, and human and and so when I see these characters I'm like okay so on Westworld my character this guy's a douchebag but why and then you find out yeah. in the second season that actually he's had this very strained relationship with his dad and doesn't feel like he's loved and is acting out like a baby you know and we all have this like Russian doll of ourselves like I think like the teenager the stroppy teenager that we were and the I love that you, Russian doll of yourselves you're so right well, I've never, no, like I've this, never like, thought of it like that I see what you're saying though this hang, the you know the hangry baby and the stroppy teenager and then the like adventurous 20 year old and the like you know trying to be more mature than you are 30 year old and then the slightly more together 40 year old like we we gather these things together of us and they never go away and then when we're tired or or stressed or whatever like these these things like like they they kind of come out in us and i just think all people have the power to be everything and the yeah. capacity to feel everything. And so when I get these villainous kind of characters, I'm interested in telling those stories about hope. And if I'm the obstacle, that's 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 how I f fit into the story. But I want to find those little ways that I can humanize. And, you know, if if the character is scary, where is where is he vulnerable? And if the character is cold, what what can make him feel warm? Um you know, if the character is, is tense, wh where do we see those little moments of him relax? You know, I think, yeah. I think I'm always trying to look at things from two sides. And I think that's what I'm trying to do with my music as well. It, it's very interesting. I'm in film school, by the way. Are you? Amazing. Yes. Yeah, so I'm learning about just directing camera angles and all this stuff. And I find it so fascinating the ways you can tell a story and how you can do that without even words. You can just do that through cinematography. Totally. What would you say your most impactful moment you've had on set? I think there are so, there are so many. Um, I think it's always actually useful to think about the moments in which you feel like you failed a bit, because yeah. then you can look back and see how much you've grown. And I think I think I remember being quite overwhelmed on the first Narnia movie and looking at these incredible sets and costumes and you know stunt departments and you know hundreds of extras on horses and and it's just this overwhelmingly wonderful life event for me um but i remember there was a scene where i was supposed to be kind of melancholy and the director sort of said oh what's your sort of process to get into this and i and i don't know if I'd, i even really had one at that point like i yeah. i didn't know enough about what i was doing and i felt a little bit uh ashamed that i couldn't sort of 
wasn't giving them him what he wanted. And I think now, you know, um, 15 years, 20 years later, whatever, like I, I've sort of pride myself on being able to put myself into any situation and feel any human emotion and and convey that. Um, but it's something that I've worked on really, really hard over a long period of time. So I think, um, you know, just being being challenged, I think, is is probably the key moments where, and and actually the kind of direction that I love from a director is once they've sort of once you've sort of garnered trust, um, if they just come up to you and sort of say, "I don't believe you," ooh, you know, just a very simple piece of challenging direction, because then you're like, okay, in this take, I must tell the truth, or in this take, I must really listen to what they're saying, or or something very specific like that. I think if you take one thing into the way that you're doing something it often like everything else then just slots into place okay we have to take a quick break but when we come back i want to talk more about acting specifically the auditioning process your new ep and much more we'll be right back this is neil strauss host of the tenderfoot tv true crime podcast to live and die in la i'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. 
about $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation <laughs> yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that is very interesting that I want to bring up with you is I have a lot of friends that are actors and something that I've realized is the job is auditioning. Like that is the full-time job. And then when you get cast, that's great. But the full-time job is auditioning and oftentimes rejection. Um, and that can be really hard, especially when it's constant and it, you're in an industry yeah. when there are like thousands of you, essentially. How have you dealt with that throughout your career? And what advice do you have for people who are listening that want to get into acting or are, but they're coming back with just rejections after audition and audition? I mean, I think there's no way around that you have to develop a bit of a thick skin with it. And it doesn't stop at auditions. You know, I, I there are films that I did early on in my career to which the response was so critical and negative and poisonous. And, and you, you have to develop a bit of a thick skin and remember why you love it and remember why you keep pushing and remember why you, you kind of hang in there. Um, I think with auditions, it's about reframing it to an opportunity for you to show them what you would do with this material. You look at these words and remember that only you'll only really ever get cast in anything because you're you. 
not because of some magic trick, circus trick that you'll pull off. Yes, maybe if you can do a certain skill or do a certain accent, that will help. But actually, they've got something in mind when you walk in, but everyone who watches you walk into a room wants it to be you. They want to find the person. So if you come in with all of your you, all of your essence, all of like what you took from these words and you it's a it's an opportunity to for you to present what you make of of what you've read basically and and if you leave that in there then then you can never have any regret about what you offered them and if they didn't choose it it's you know it's it's simply because they had a different idea of what it was not because of anything you did or didn't do um trying to please other people is 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 never going to be the way forward it's going to be the thing that it's going to be do it the way that you want to do it and if you keep doing that eventually someone that you know someone will respond to that um it's about you know so it's about sort of authenticity I think something people people respond to something that feels honest but you know there's no way around it it's a it's an industry that that you have to do develop a little bit of a thick skin and sort of uh, somebody once told me you walk walk into the room no you know believing that that job is yours and walk out of the room knowing that it's not and then it will always be this like incredible surprise if you do get the job but you won't ever be like gutted to your core but having said that there are always those few jobs that you've auditioned for which you're just like oh man how did I not get that job is there a movie that you wish you were in and if so what character would you have played um could be a classic could be a more recent one Oh my God, there are so, I, I mean, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are so many. Um, I will tell you the one that, I, I will tell you the one that stung for me uh, many, many, many years ago. I did about 10 auditions for a film called Across the Universe, which was a Beatles uh, movie. And it, Evan Rachel Wood starred in it with Jim Sturgis and, and Evan Rachel Wood then was in Westworld. And I remember telling her, you know, many, many years later, like I wanted, I wanted to be in that film with you so badly. Um, because it was singing Beatles. And you love the Beatles too. It was singing Beatles songs in a movie. It was just unbelievable. And when I'd done sort of 10 auditions for it, it was just crushing to not get that one. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, so there are always going to be a few which kind of which kind of sting. But um, you, then you look at all the things you did do and that collectively made you who you are. Yeah. It's, you know. Do you think you're going to be prioritizing music over acting going forward or are you going to find a balance between the two? So interesting you said prioritizing because that's actually one of the reasons I did it was because um, it was pointed out to me that your priorities are the things that you actually prioritize, not the things that you tell people are your priorities. Because those are just like the ways you want to be seen. Like, oh, you know, because I remember some, I said, oh, my priorities are, you know, uh, playing more music. My priorities are, um, you know, having a family doing this that and the other and and I think and and I think it might have even been my mum who said um well no your priorities are your work and your friends and your family and those things because those are the things that you actually spend all of your time on go off and the other things are just like ways that you want to see yourself and things that you aspire to spend more time on but they're not your priorities and that was a real like spin around moment for me of like I need to start prioritizing the things that I think that I want to make my priorities. Otherwise they won't, I'll let they, you know, I'll look back and they won't have been my priority. So, um, I think that's an important word, uh, you know, what you prioritize. Uh, but I think, no, I, I mean, I prioritize my, my acting and my job and, and the thing that makes me feel like me. Um, but 
but I love music so much and I always have and it's always been such a huge part of my life just not in a sort of more public sharing kind of way but I love that feeling of sharing it um so far at least and uh so I definitely want to do more of it and try and find a balance and try and find a way to keep keep doing it like this because um it feels honestly even just this doing this chat with you now like it feels so much better to be talking about the way I really see things rather than a script that I didn't write yeah and just promoting something because you have to but something that you actually created and that's what's so beautiful about it I made yeah exactly okay I have to ask yes you're a very private person which I think is yes so important especially nowadays because everything is put out there sometimes too much you could argue yeah and in your music it's very honest and heartfelt yeah and authentic What has that been like so far, just the response and sharing your life uh, and your thoughts and your feelings when you haven't had before? Well, I think part of it is just by virtue of, you know, when I was young, journalists would sort of say, if you want to be an actor, you have to answer these kind of questions about this, that and the other. And I think that it's really important to draw that personal line for yourself. And it's different for everyone. And that's for actually sure. a, a completely OK. But different for everyone what you want to share about your life in the same way that everyone is in control of their own Instagram you can pretend your life is as as cool and sexy as you like but it might not make you very happy and I think that you know my mom is a is a you know like a sex and relationship psychotherapist and she was always you know teaching the importance of having your kind of particularly your romantic relationships but even your like friendships and stuff they're they're yours and they are you know they are your support system when the world feels, you know, it should be you against the world, not not kind of you. If you offer up everything that you are uh, publicly, then then everything that you are publicly is up for scrutiny and up for criticism, and and then you've got nowhere to lean um, because they've all been a part of it. And I think that um, so that that became clear to me quite early on. But actually, as I get a bit older, it, I realised that you know, sh- you, what you do with music is you share it. What you do with stories is you tell them and you share them. And I think that the things that have made me feel buoyed and 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 comforted in, in times when I've been low is realizing that everyone feels the same things pretty much. Yeah. Um, the lows feel the same kind of low, um, you know, uh, anger feels the same, guilt feels the same, misery feels the same for everyone. So, so um, being able to understand that everyone feels those things and everyone is confused and everyone is like trying to see things from you know other people's perspectives in the same way that struggle is the same and I think that there's no I realize there is absolutely no harm in sharing a little bit more of that about myself and trying to be an encouraging and actually I'm a very hopeful person so all my songs are have an element of hope in them yeah and so uh you know to bring a bit of that hopefulness and joyfulness and soulfulness to my characters and also to the songs if you can get someone dancing in the kitchen then or if you can get someone like crying to it with a cocoa because of something that's happened in their life that's all good too and I think that's one of the things that is so important and something that I unintentionally am trying to do with this podcast is that something I realized just starting is how the media has taken the human out of the person and how you read a headline and they become a figure that is on a pedestal, but they're, they don't cry. They're like, they're just not a human being with a heart and that bleeds. And I think that's, what's so great about you sharing more with your music is that you're letting people back in on you, that you are a human. Totally. I, I, and I want people to understand that because my humanness is, is, is actually probably, I think the best thing about me. Exactly. Like your flaws and everything. It makes you you. 
Um, so I, I wouldn't mind people sharing, sh sharing that and knowing that, but I can't begin to tell you how many people that I know personally that I've met that are in the public eye that are just so entirely misunderstood and so entirely misjudged by virtue of yeah. how people are keen to portray them because they feel a certain, you know, they fit a narrative that people want to portray a narrative. Exactly. It's very rare that you come across someone in real life when you get to know them a little bit whose humanity isn't front and center. Exactly. And I feel like that's one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast. If one person listens to this and realizes, like, we're all human and like, that's okay. Totally. You should embrace that. Well, you're already doing it because me and you are talking about it right now. And I love that. Someone's, listen someone's listening. By the way, I saw an interview you did in September of 2020 where someone okay. brought, brought up you about doing music. You're like, oh, I don't know. And then someone said about doing it by the time you're 40. You're like, oh, then I'd have to get on that. You went on it and you did it. I got on it. Step on it. Um, I yeah, know. I totally did. I, I think I may also have already been like toying with the idea when I said that because that, again, old me would have been very careful about that. But who's new Ben Barnes? Who's new Ben Barnes? The new me. The new Ben Barnes is the most is the most me. Love that. Yeah, I think I just I, I feel I feel more me being like I don't feel necessarily like um I have to be all things to all people, which I think is the thing that I have been a bit guilty of, like just just wanting to be exciting enough and funny enough and or, you know, tough enough or whatever it is that I'm, you know, when you play all these different types of characters, you kind of want to be those things for the people that saw you that way. Um, there's the person that I am on a Sunday underneath it all, you know? Yeah. Okay, we have to take one more quick break, but when we come back, we'll dive into your new EP and much more. We'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. As you know, I love your new EP, you know what my favorite song is? I don't, but I have to say, like, knowing what people's favorite one is and why is, like, the thing that I'm most excited to find out. So hit me. Okay. So first song I listened to was Eleven Eleven, which I yeah. love because I feel like it gets you in a, it puts you in a good mood. 
I feel like you can listen to it in different settings, whether you're in a car ride, whether you're just jamming out in your room. You can do it all. But I will say one song that I think I love that I'm excited for people to hear is Not the End. Oh, yeah. I think the lyrics and the melody are so beautiful. Oh, good. What was the process in writing that one? So it's a few things. One, my dad, when I was a kid, used to say to me that John Lennon quote about if it's not okay, uh, sorry, everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end, which is like typical John Lennon genius. Um, But at the root of it is this very simple, beautiful thing, which is basically like, you know, taking someone's hand and saying, hey, you okay? No. Okay. It will get better. That's basically what you're saying, which is the best thing you can ever say to anyone because it will change. Things will change inevitably. The only thing that we're sure of is that things will change. And then I was thinking through like all this like cliche life advice. And I was actually watching like some, like I was seeing the commercials that were like mocking people, stitching those like live, laugh, love uh, uh, signs, which like uh, old ladies have. No, I don't, I don't know about TikTok, but it was on television. It was a, it was like a, a commercial. I think that was mocking it. And then, um, and I was like, but do you know what, though? When people tell you that stuff, they're trying to do a good thing. They're, like, trying to, like, be there for you. And even if it sounds like a cliche, like, all of those phrases that we tell each other, like, you know, got, got there for a reason. And so I was, like, listing list. all of the cliches I could think of that were, like, about support. I was like, what if I, what if I put these all in this song, which I did? And then what if I try and reclaim this like live, laugh, love thing as like, like, I'm not going to say that to you, but like, what if I put big, like gospel-y backing vocals on? It's a vibe. Like, so it goes, live, laugh, love. And I'm like, what if I make that sound like a bit vibey and like put some yeah. organ and make it sound like a bit like Doobie Brothers-y? What if I make, give it a bit of that, like some soul? What if it's one of those songs you can like put on in the morning and just go, uh, yeah. Oof. Uh, woof. Oh, I like that. Do that again. When I get excited, I go, oof. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes i do that when i get sad to go i go woof <laughs> it's, it's kind of similar or when i'm shocked or when i'm shocked i go woof <laughs> yeah i feel that i i make a lot of sound effects i'm realizing when i sit down i'm like ugh, and i'm just realizing that comes out of my mouth and i don't even realize it well you're not 40 when i sit down i go when i sit down i go <laughs> i do that and it's kind of concerning to me that I'm already doing that. I'm like, when I'm 40, what noises am I going to be making? Good ones. Um, good ones. <laughs> good ones is the correct answer. Thank you. Um, 10 points for me. I think you should do Broadway. Just thinking. Because mm. it brings together acting, yeah. storytelling, yeah. music. Have we thought about this? Yes, we've thought about it. But here's the next question, which maybe you can answer. What show should I be in? because I do love musical stuff. Like that's where I started off. Like in my teens, I would do that stuff. And I've done a couple of professional ones when I was very early twenties, but I haven't touched it in so long. And, uh, but I would want it to be something really good. Okay. Right off the bat. Three off the top of my head. One One. waitress. Okay. There's a great guy role in it with some great soulful music in it. That is true. The Doctor, yeah. Two, if you're into more of a storyline, I say Dear Evan Hansen, because that hits different. But who am I going to play? The dad? I mean, why not? He has some good songs. To break in a glove, if you know that. I do know that. But both of these both of these roles are on stage for about 20 minutes. But here's the thing. <laughs> I'd be sitting you... in my dressing room. I want to be in it. I want to be involved. <laughs> if I'm doing something, I want to be involved. Would you ever make a musical? Yeah, maybe we should just write one. Maybe you should write one for me. 
Maybe we should write one together. Honestly, I think that'd be fun. Because I think there's something about musicals that are so underrated nowadays. Totally. I'm from New York City, to give context. But they're coming back. They're coming back with, like, like obviously, like, the with the movies of, like, Hamilton and Dylan Hansen and In the Heights and, you know, all of that stuff and Into the Woods even. Um, you love know, Into some, the Woods. I love that musical. I would do that. I want to play The Prince and the Wolf. Both? Yeah, both. It works really well when you do both. You know what? I something like eight time eight shows a week. You're doing both characters that yes. would deserve yes, a reward. In my opinion. no, that's that's that that's the way forward for sure. So what are you what are you working on now? Yeah, I just finished um, something like two days ago, um, which is a, a new Netflix anthology horror show that Guillermo del Toro has put together called The Cabinet of Curiosities. And every episode has like a different story and a different cast. And they're all like horror stories. And um, I did one with uh, Crispin Glover um, that is very creepy. And I always said I would never do horror because I am too scared and don't like That's, being I'm... creeped. I don't like being creeped out. I don't mind like being shocked and I don't mind thrillers, but I don't like feeling like creeped out. Yeah. But I was, I, I couldn't say no to like Guillermo del Toro and this, and the script was so cool. And I was like, and I got to play this, this character over like sort of 25 year period. So I was like, I have to do this. So that See, will be coming soon. See, Ben, now I'm torn because I hate horror, but now I want to see it. But you love me. so. But I love you now. We're friends now. So now I'm torn. Well, just watch my episode. (laughs) Okay. I will do that. And I will let you know. But it is very creepy and it is really disturbing. And the ending is terrifying. So feel free to like, (laughs) like, feel free to like, um, uh, message me sobbing at the end going, why have you made me watch this? Okay. When is it? When is this coming out? Or is there? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm sure next year, I'm sure. But, you know, I, I need to mentally prepare for it. Now that I know there's a thriller at the end, I'm okay. Okay, fine. Do you know what I mean? I was not fine shooting it. I was not fine. I knew what it was. Were you scared shooting it? I was, honestly. So I tried to trick myself by, like, <laughs> I tried to trick myself. I would get the director to, like, play me creepy music or, like, make banging sounds during takes or, like, and sometimes I wouldn't look at something. I would do the rehearsal with my eyes closed so that when they did the first take, I could look at something for the first time. And at the, I, I try not to give it away, but at the, in the end, I did the rehearsal with my eyes closed so that I could not look at something. And then when I saw it, I was genuinely very, very upset. See, I've ne- I've heard horror more movies like people on set being like, no, it wasn't scary, but you're telling me you were actually scared. Well, I am a sensitive soul. I mean, honestly... That's that doesn't surprise me, but you played a lot. Of, you've had you've had some gruesome deaths in your career. I have I, I have had some. I I do die a lot. You do now. Why do we think that? Why is? do people want to kill me? Why do people want to kill me so much? I don't know. I think we need to explore that in one of your songs. My new my new album. Why do people want to kill me so much? <laughs> it's a different genre. It's like sort of grunge metal. Like. <laughs> some grunge metal <laughs> add in with some nice orchestra. Yeah, it's nice, but it's also a musical. I will say, I am so happy. Are, do you have any plans for when this EP comes out? Um, are you doing any celebration or are you just going to be by your piano? I haven't really thought about it, um, um, but I should definitely do something. I was away shooting when the when the first song came out. So I was celebrating on, uh, I was just celebrating on like Instagram, like watching all these other people celebrating uh, me, which was so lovely because I owed so much of why I did it to, you know, I started putting covers and things on Instagram a few years ago. 
and yeah. people you know started off by saying like oh this you sound great or like I really love this please do more and then in the end it was like, on Twitter it was like you know where's the damn album you give, <laughs> sending me that little that, video that was a great imitation of Twitter uh, thank you and uh so that is that is my imitation of Twitter yeah and then uh, so then I was like yeah where is the damn album I'm gonna make it gotta do it so I owe them a lot I'll celebrate there but yeah hopefully I should do something in the actual uh, real world R-I-R- I-R-L. See, I know things. I-R-L. See, in real life. I know internet things. Nope. 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 Just for future reference, if you know it, don't say you know it. And also don't get it wrong twice on a podcast before you then get it right. (laughs) But you know what? If you you ever need help with some like slang, just let me know and I will tell you what it means. I do that for a lot of people actually in my life. Great. Great. I, I I need that person in my life so badly. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. You're so welcome. Hopefully we can meet in person one day and not on Zoom. That would be brilliant. That would be ideal. Next time we do this, we'll do it in a studio. Let's do it. Oh my goodness. Yay. It was so great to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you too. Thank you. You're so good at this. Thank you. Ben, thank you so much for coming on my podcast again. I love this conversation and I'm excited to meet you in person one day. Um, if you haven't, please listen to and download Songs For You. The CP is truly incredible. Anyways, don't forget to follow Ben on social media. It's Ben Barnes. And follow me on Instagram at it's Sammy J. That's I-T-S-S-A-M-M-Y-J-A-Y-E. And please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment and a review because I always like to read. I read all of them and I always like to see what people say and I want your feedback. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and I will see you next week. Bye. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. 
Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 